Taking care of a little can be torture, but Lovely Marks makes it easy. With their customizable binkies, I can get all the peace and quiet I want, and my little gets all the humiliation they deserve. If their I poop my pants binky doesn't do the trick, try a paddle. These ergonomic handle bamboo paddles provide absolute comfort on one side and absolute discomfort on the other. Your little will break far before this thing does. And the best part, you can get it personalized with laser engraving. Just for Newsy Nook listeners, Lovely Marks is offering 10% off your next order. Just use promo code NewsyBaby at LovelyMarks.com. Try it today, because your bottom deserves some Lovely Marks. Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsy's Nook, a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to want my pamps. I am your host, Newsy Baby. This week in Newsy's Nook, get ready for a show as I sit down with the playwright of a new play that tackles the theme of age play. This week in Newsy's Nook, the play Don't Think About Elephants is a new play tackling the themes of transgender, abortion, and age play. I sit down with the playwright Ashley to talk about how she got the idea of the play and what she has learned about our community along the way. Well, thank you, Ash, for coming to Newsy's Nook. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I was so excited when you came to me and you were like, I have this play and it has a, it deals with a little headspace. And I was like, that's so cool. And one, I've never heard of that before. What kind of inspired you to write a play that has a character who is little? Yeah. So during the pandemic, uh, when we all went into what I would call, what I would consider lockdown, even though it's not a strict lockdown, but just that time where we were all self-isolating, I, like a lot of people, were having to reckon with a lot of ideas, a lot of thoughts, a lot of things that were part of us, but we just did not really get to think about until we had to physically stop. <laughs> and I found myself writing three plays at once because I wanted to be the most productive human possible. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, I burned myself out. Right. Uh, <laughs> But with this play in particular, uh, at some point during the pandemic, like right in the beginning of it, a creator named Sophie LaBelle, who's a trans creator, uh, she was forcibly outed as a little. And Mm -hmm. the, the way that she described what a little was resonated with me so incredibly deeply that I was just like, wow, I need to A, look into this. What, what is a little? Uh, and when I started going down that rabbit hole, I started looking into it. I was just like, okay. Uh, I realized that I've actually had friends that have come out to me, not as little as like adult baby or as uh, something like something like a little, but maybe using a different term at the time. Uh, and so for me, hearing that, seeing that, knowing that this community exists, knowing that there is a certain part of it that hits me a certain way, that I felt a certain way about it, I wanted to really sit down and figure out like, how can I take a look at a community who has been 
essentially whenever they're represented in the media they're represented as a joke they're represented as this really just like a horrible thing and honestly the, the way people talk about littles if you just are outside and you're on the the fringe and you're not part of the group and you're not part of uh people who know actual humans i i wanted to take a look at what the humanity of a group of this group of people was and it's it's honestly it's been just a really beautiful exploration that I've been able to do. Before hearing about her, had you come across the term little or had ever seen it before? Yeah, like I say, no, no, I hadn't heard that term. Uh, it was something that once I started doing more research and once I started talking to people in the community and looking up, I, I learned that it was sometimes or at the very least, like the the term came from a lot of kink, a lot of uh, BDSM spaces and a lot of relationship uh, type roles with a lot of like DDLG or CGL, CGL, yeah, CGL. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and then kind of like talking to a lot of, again, talking to real humans, I learned that even though that is absolutely a part of uh, a person's kink or a person's fetish space, it's also just a personality dynamic that a number of people have. It's something that a lot of ace folks explore it's something that a lot of people who aren't interested in that side of themselves in a in an adult sexual manner in age play it's something that they're still interested in exploring as just like an everyday human for lack of a better term right so i have to ask so if you had never come across this term before and you hear about this story was there something mm -hmm. like you kind of mentioned that it, it littles have always been painted in like this weird light, but was there anything that kind of like yeah. stuck to the wall that you were like, Ooh, there's like a good story there and inspired you to write it? Yeah, it was specifically, I was trying to figure out like, what, what was my in? How do I figure like, what is the character? Cause that's really what a play is. A play boils down to, characters who have opposing needs, opposing wants, and absolutely have to get what they want. And so I was trying to figure out like, who who is this character? How, if I'm gonna represent this community, what is the thing that's gonna unlock this for me? Uh, and it was, it was chatting with a couple of folks who have had, uh, admittedly, to, to get very dark, who have had their children taken away from them uh, mm -hmm. because it was revealed that they had this side of them. Uh, whether it's because they were in ABDL or whether it's because uh, they were a little. And to, as as a trans person, that's the thing that hit me the hardest because I, when talking about family planning myself, it's a worry that I've had uh, ever since I, I came out is that idea of if I have a child, uh, are they just going to get taken away from me because I exist, right. not because of anything else and so for me hearing that that was something that was happening and hearing that that was an experience that some folks had I said immediately like not to if I say it like this it sounds like I'm, I'm profiting it's just like that was my in as far as like figuring out the character right but you could but I feel like you could relate to it being a trans person and someone that may mm -hmm. be thinking about like if I want to start a family what does that look like in today's United States and even bigger in today's world and I bet it must be kind of this weird mind flip that like you discovered that story three years ago you're starting to develop this story and then you turn on the news and you start seeing all of this legislation around the country that's so anti-trans that you're like 
why is the play becoming a little too real for me right now? Or why is it like so threatening now? Yeah, like the the it, it's honestly the fact that it is so prescient is terrifying, but also it speaks to the problem that again, like I've had in the back of my head the entire time, that like this is something that could happen to just about honestly, it's something that could happen to any community, but it specifically is happening to these two communities. Uh, at least that's where I'm putting my focus right now. But that's yeah, like that's that was the thing that I put my heart into was figuring out like okay. Let's let's figure out these characters, but also, again, talking with people and finding other people who were willing to share their story. I, I was talking with someone who got pregnant and was a little and had an almost existential crisis because she was like, am I going to be able to be little if I have a little one inside of me right now? Am I going to be able to get into my headspace? Am I what how do i navigate this for at least nine months and then after that where where do i go from here right it's such an interesting story to jump into because i know when i did my interview i can't remember his name because it was so long ago but he was he's a, a he's a um a male and has a wife and he has a kid and that was a big episode because mm. After releasing that episode, a lot of people messaged me saying like, yeah, I actually have kids and I'm also an ABDL. And how do I flip that in my yeah. head? So let's take a moment and kind of give a little synopsis of the play. So what I got from reading little excerpts and everything, the play is about mm -hmm. Emily, who is a little and mm -hmm. and she's pregnant and it's her and her sister-in-law. Right. And it's her yep. and them going to a planned parenthood clinic. Yeah. Fill in the gaps. What are they going to do when they get to that parent, Planned Parenthood? <laughs> so the it's basically the two of them hate each other, which like I the 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 little description is very like vague. It's very like there it is. Like hey, you know, there's a lot in there that you can see, but like really, so much of where the drama is is the two of them hate each other. They have hated each other forever. They kind of put that aside because uh, Emily is married to Carl and Brittany is Carl's sister. And so they're just like, okay, we tolerate each other. That's fine. But now we're in a moment of crisis. I need to take you to, uh, to get first. It's, we need to go find some, some, um, first it's, we need to find, uh, a pregnancy test. We just need to get pregnancy tests. We need to figure this out. Cool. Okay, great. I am pregnant. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, and then immediately Emily is just like, I can't have this baby. It's like, well, uh, it, um, may, may, maybe you can like, okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, maybe you could. Uh, and with Brittany, Brittany is a trans hairstylist, uh, yeah. who lives kind of a vagabond lifestyle. Uh, and it turns out has been kind of breaking into their house, breaking into Carl and, uh, Emily's house when they're not around to just have a place to crash. Okay. So there's a lot of this like tension. There's a lot of this, like, what are you even doing? Why are we here? Why? Ah, I hate you. Um, and the two of them have to go to this Planned Parenthood so that she can at the very least get checked out so that she can at the very least get things figured out so that she knows what her options are. Um, Emily thinks that her only option is to have an abortion. And Brittany very much comes from a background of when she was trying to fit in the mailbox, 
her former partner had an abortion without telling her and she feels a lot of ways about like that is fine you need to do what you need to do but at the same time it just hurts me and so the idea of like no we need to make sure you know what your options are we need to make sure that you're just healthy we need to make sure that you know that you have a choice is so fundamental that I want to make sure that that is a, a story that is also represented. And so, yeah, that's, that's where they, that's where the, the drama starts leading is we need to go here. We need to make sure that you're okay. I will absolutely take you here. Even though I do not like you, we are going to get our shit together and just go on a road trip because I got a contact. She says she's got an opening. We're going to speed our way down <laughs> and make it there so that you can get, healthy and get your get your options right talk about big themes though for a play i mean you got little space you got yeah. trans you have abortion all hot topics right now do you feel like you're just creating like this hot cake right now like of this play with all these really big themes i i think so i you know you have to you have to go big uh everyone's already done like small things i've seen so many kitchen sink dramas that are about like Oh, who's going to get the the inheritance? Oh, I'm going to get the inheritance. No, uh, I'm going to get the inheritance. Well, if how can you play piano if I smash your hand with a brick? She's like, wait, what? Like, all right, fine. Yeah, I guess that this is drama. But I don't know. Like, I to me, this is what was really fueling me is this idea of like these big concepts, these big ideas. And I'm swinging for the fences. I'll admit it might not always land. And that's kind of the 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 gamble, for lack of a better term, is like you try really hard to swing for the fences and you try really hard to represent a lot of these big ideas and get a lot of this in. Uh, and your hope is that your audience will show up, be ready, be there, and really react and be able to continue conversations and ask the questions, yeah. ask the questions that you want them to ask. Yeah. So I want to read a little excerpt excerpt uh from the play that i thought was kind of interesting so this is uh in in the beginning it's kind of when emily i believe she just found out she's pregnant and she's and she's kind of revealing to Brittany like i'm a little so it goes no i'm little a little i'm so afraid and afraid that if I have a baby or anything, they're just going to take it away from me because they don't understand and people already think I'm like attracted to kids and I'm like, fuck no, like Jesus Christ. And it goes on and on about how like she's dealing, you make it very poignant because a lot of littles and a lot of ABDLs in at large do battle with this in their head. So I congratulate you for, you know, it could have been so easy to like, to be the TV representation of a little where it's like, I'm an adult and I like to wear diapers, but like you went a step further and you're like, here's a character who is a little, who's pregnant, about to have a baby, which could be its own conflict too. But then you add the other layer, which a lot of ABDLs already deal with of, well, crap, everyone already thinks that I'm like this disgusting pedophile because that's just the, the cloth that's, just generically thrown on us even though it's totally wrong um so i congratulate you for dealing with that aspect too thank you i also there's in the very beginning like in the in the descriptions i make sure that i state like because there is a moment where emily talks about diapers very quickly 
But I want to make it clear that like no director should put an actor in a diaper. And that's not because there's anything wrong with anybody wearing a diaper, but it could be used as a way for a person with power, the director, to push something like that, that maybe they are interested in on an actor that might not be interested. And so I wanted to make sure that that was very like, the dynamics are very clear in the the play and in the words. And I, I just, I want to be really careful with that so that we're not forcing, for lack of a better term, forcing that on someone who uh, might be willing to take the role, might be willing to dive into it and might be willing to, and you know, there might be an actor who's not interested, but who is like, yeah, to get into the role, I'll figure it out. All right, I'll order some diapers on Amazon. I'll figure this out. I'll see how I feel. <laughs> uh, but I, I just wanted to make sure that that was like, it was really focused on character. It was really focused on who she is and what she is really dealing with and making it so that it wasn't just about fetishizing a group of people, even if that's a person's fetish. <laughs> right. And I, I like it so much more now that you're explaining it because, right, someone who didn't understand Little Space would probably just assume like, oh, it's just people in diapers. And it mm -hmm. sounds like you really did your research on, no, like these are human beings first and the diaper is just a, a tool. We don't have to see the tool. I mean, you don't have to see the tool when you go to a house, right? Like you're just like, oh, there's the house, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. so the fact that you have these fleshed out characters, you can just put their little, would you ever be, I just to ask the question, would you ever be open yeah. if an actor did do this play and they were like, you know, I would like to wear a diaper. We don't have to see it, but I'd like to wear a diaper in this play. Would that be something you would be open to? I think it would have to deal with the comfortability of the actor. It would have to be the comfortability of, of the, the, sure. the director, because it is one of those things where it's like, yes, I think, I think it might be. And again, that idea of how does an actor prepare? How does an actor get into the headspace? And a lot of that is exploring elements that are within the script, but are not part of the script or within the script, but are just like a minor part so that they can figure out like, how do I get in the headspace of this character? Uh, and I would say, yeah, even if it's just for some rehearsals, if they're interested, if that's an actor choice, I think that's fine. But I just want to make sure it's put there very clearly that no person with power should force someone who might not be okay with it uh, into that position. So right. I didn't want to make that part of the script. I didn't want to make it, you know, it's like, it's there so that it's like, hey, it's clearly part of the culture, but like, no, we don't need to see that. So no, it's not a part of it. <laughs> Can I ask the question of, you know, I bet as you were researching this, you're like, well, I should probably figure out like, you know, what are they dealing with? Have you, have you dabbled in any little space in your research writing this play? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I started getting into coloring. Uh, I've always been like, I mean, truthfully, for me, it also unlocked a lot of like, oh my gosh, like I wear Disney clothes all the time. That's always been a part of me. That had always been a part of me pre, uh, like as I was figuring out my own transition was, I was always like, all right, I'm going to buy this Tinkerbell t-shirt. Okay, I'm going to buy this thing. Like I'm going to get this Cheshire Cat t-shirt and just like, mm -hmm. I'll wear it around and no one will need to know. Uh, and I realized that I kind of locked that part of myself away uh, as I was coming out and as I was kind of getting building my callus of the world is a very terrible place to 
very openly visibly queer people mm -hmm. uh so i was very like i dressed rather conservatively in general uh and then during the pandemic i just could sit around all day so if i'm gonna you know get new clothing i'm gonna get disney clothing i'm gonna get a bunch of like so now i'm at the point where i'm just like going to work in all disney clothes <laughs> uh so for it. me so for me there's like there was a part of the headspace that kind of unlocked other things in me that maybe like were like oh yeah this was just laying dormant interesting okay oh very fun i'm glad i lo always love that when you're working on a project and you like discover something about yourself and you're like well i'm just gonna take that home with me <laughs> uh what would so as i was i was as you were saying that i kept the word pride kept coming up in, in my mind. Is it kind of intentional that this play is coming out during Pride Month, right? Because you have a reading uh, later this month in June. Yep. So it's part of Pride Fest at the Tank. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with the Tank, it's a fantastic space in New York. Uh, they give free space to artists, for to performance artists. So it's really like, and especially <laughs> free space in New York is very hard to find, if not impossible. Mm -hmm. what would you you know you just have the re is the is the reading the readings open to the public right yep uh it is 15 dollars, so there is that it but anyone can pay that 15 dollars and show up we are talking with them about streaming they're very open to streaming we just haven't signed the thing and put it out there so that people can do it yet but um we're working we're working that deal out so that we can let it reach however wide an audience is able to access it and interested. Nice. Yeah. And then as soon as if, if you are able to stream it, I'll put that in the show notes. If anyone's curious, if they're listening to this episode right now, um, what would you like people to take away? You know, let's say they, they watch it on the stream, if that's allowed, or if they pay the $15 and they go, what would you like an audience to walk away with after listening to this play? Yeah, I, I would say I really want an audience who like obviously your your audience is a little bit more keyed into being littles or little culture uh mm -hmm. so i think that they would walk away with a different view like something different than a vanilla audience i guess is the the term i'll use uh a vanilla audience i would want them to walk away very like open and understanding of this community is a group of regular humans they're dealing with very similar things but also very dissimilar things to what they this vanilla audience is dealing with uh for the audience of liberals that might be there i really want to create a piece that they can be proud of that they might watch and think like okay like this is fun this is actually like an interesting character they're not a good or a bad person they're just someone who has problems that they're dealing with and i really hope that in that there is that representation for lack of a better term i don't know that always feels that always feels like a weird word even even around now <laughs> but that that representation is there and that it's not this terrible thing that i've seen anywhere that i've tried to see any adult baby or little you know as you were saying that it, the phrase in my head you know kink at pride kept coming up in my head and at the end of the day mm. that's really what kink at pride is at least when i think about it is it's just presenting another layer of yourself and being prideful of it. And as you were saying that, I was kind of getting that feeling of like, there's no difference between 
going to see this play and going to a pride festival and seeing kink because at the end of the day it sounds like what you want is the takeaway of like these are just characters yes that might be a trans person yes that might be a little who's pregnant but at the end of the day these are human beings and they have their own stories and you should at least hear out what their story is yeah i would i would absolutely agree with that okay so you have a reading on june 24th at the tank in new york but has anyone else read the play yet and given any feedback yeah so i have submitted it to a number of spaces um and gotten some really good feedback i have recently it was just announced that it was a semi-finalist for the bay area playwrights festival which is a major playwriting festival uh so i think there were over a thousand and some odd submitted scripts and mine was one of a hundred to make it to semi-finals um, but even before that, we've had a closed reading. So it's just me, a group of other playwrights and uh, actors read the script and give notes on it through Lather, Rinse, Repeat, which is an amazing playwrights collective that I'm a part of. But this will be the first one in front of an audience. So I'm really excited to see what an audience brings to it. I'm really excited to see what an audience, because what's what's great about this stage is it can still be very messy. And that messiness might be wonderful and amazing. And people might be like, oh, I love this for the messiness. Or there might be something where someone can say to me, hey, Ashley, you kind of got this wrong. <laughs> and I've only got three characters that I could play with. So there's only so much that I could do for three characters talking about entire groups of people. But my hope is that none of them sound like they're talking as the entire group that they're representing. <laughs> Right, right. So let's say yeah. someone, mm -hmm. someone with a certain title comes and sees this. I mean, could this mm -hmm. be picked up? I mean, could we be talking in a year and you're like about to go have your like opening night? Is that like a possibility? It depends. If someone has either a theater company or a whole lot of money, possibly. Uh, the way that the timing would probably work is maybe, maybe within two years maybe a year year and a half we might get a workshop workshop production which means that there would be no scripts in hand but it would still be there in order to create a developmental so we're seeing it but it could change even further from there uh we're looking at maybe a five-year plan but there are a lot more milestones that can be hit with this play <laughs> trick question would you ever do this would you ever take your play on the road and go to any of these age play conventions that are all over the country Honestly, if they're interested in a heartbeat, um, yeah. it would just mean I'd need to figure out actors that could mean like for me, it is one of those things like I need to I need to vet these actors ahead of time. But like either actors from the community, actors uh, that we would hire that we'd be able to bring out. It's just a matter of can anyone afford? And also, I don't know, because I because I've heard about like capcon i've heard about a couple of other ones i don't know a lot of the other ones that's the only one that i'm remembering but like i don't know if uh, a group of uh littles abdls if they'd be interested in like a, a play like that is that a thing like would, would do you think that they'd be interested in like a full play i don't know this is the casting call everyone if you're listening to this and you're an actor <laughs> i'm gonna put i'm gonna put their show notes i'm gonna put their uh socials in the show notes and message you know what message you message message yeah. ash and see because you know what how fun would that be <laughs> if uh, like a bunch of abdls and littles and bigs just like put on your play 
I think that'd be so freaking cool. Yeah, like you can always contact me. I would say go to the uh, best way to do that if you're interested is uh, probably my website, AshleyLaurenRogers.com. Uh, you can submit uh, an email there. Like I think there's like a contact form. So yeah, just send, send me an email. Let me know. Let me know if you're interested. We can talk uh, price or, you know, if you're doing it for the con, I'm not saying that I can give it to you for free, but like, you know, just <laughs> message me. Yes. <laughs> There you go. I think that would be so freaking cool if you're able to bring this to Capcom. I would watch. I, you know what? I'll be in the audience. If you take it to Capcom, I'll be in the, audi okay. in the audience. All right. Okay. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Ash, for coming to Newsy's Nook and talking about your up-and-coming reading of your play, Don't Think About Elephants. Yay. Thank you for having me. And truthfully, Newsy Baby, your podcast was one of the major uh, spaces that I went to when I started looking for information on the actual culture, on the actual, like, who who, and what is a little, where do I go from here? And your podcast was one of the ones that I jumped to and was like, yeah, okay, this is actually telling me stuff. I love this. There you go. I love it. Well, I'm so glad that I've been able to play a part and I'm so excited if it's able to be streamed. I would love to see I would love to see at least at least a couple scenes. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Bye. If you don't live in New York, you can live stream Don't Think About Elephants on Saturday, June 24th at 3 p.m. Eastern. It will cost you $15 and a link will be in the show notes. All right, kiddos, I'm officially soggy. I gotta go change. See ya. Bye.